This is Five and Nine, a podcast of crossroads between magic, work, and economic justice. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5. It was last month of my first year anniversary of leaving, and I left because I had 100 people underneath me. It was at a restaurant. I've had an emotional breakdown before, so... I realized during this time, my mind was becoming very full. I feel that during the pandemic, I became more empathic. I was getting everybody's energy and trying to help everybody. And I couldn't help everybody. I started not sleeping and I realized it was either me or the job. And I loved my boss. He's a friend, mentor. And I had to do that for myself. I had to let go and lick my wounds. And I left to Oaxaca for a month to get my mind straight closing my eyes and the wind was feeding my Mexican soul and into my heart and then all through my veins and my blood, you know, coming back. Hi, everyone. This is Ana Mina, a.k.a. An Shao, producer at 5 and 9. This is Dorothy Santos, director of Magic at 5 and 9. We don't often associate the digital with the mystical, but Ruben Briseño Reveles, a Chicanx artist in Sacramento, does exactly that. Using fractals and sharp colors that are almost psychedelic in nature, he explores spirituality and Taoist philosophy with meditations on the nature of reality, grieving, and love. Season 2 is all about transition, and Ruben has left a long-time job after two decades in the restaurant industry. We'll talk about that and how he's navigated change as we go through recorded tarot reading for him. It's conducted in the shadow of the solar and lunar eclipse, the new moon, and Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead. The music for today's episode is Shine On, Harvest Moon Barn Dance, composed by Nora Bays and Jack Norworth, and performed by Arthur Byers Band in 1910. And stick around to the end. We have some updates on what's next for 5 and 9 and some ways you can support us. We hope you enjoy the episode. Ruben, welcome to Five and Nine. Thank you for having me. If you could talk a little bit from your perspective about your art, where your practice comes from, what you like to explore in your work, and what you're working on right now. I do call myself a Chicanx futurist artist. I had to find the words I was looking for because it was always in transition of different kinds of artworks, but it's always been with the technology, with being in an electronic band way back when. So a lot of it is things that have to do with nature and earth healing at the moment. So it is a part of this evolution of technology and going into the own spirituality of life and how I was came into this world, too. When we were talking about preparing for this show, you also asked that we do this reading in this time period, what you call the portal, opening up for Dia de Muertos. What does the portal mean to you, and, and why is this specific period of time an important one for doing a reading? I usually go to Oaxaca every year for Dia de los Muertos, and it's not necessarily about creating altars or nice parties, you know, nice, nice celebration, I should say. It's more about being with my ancestors and being with people that I never met before mm. and talking to people that I believe aren't there. When you go to the cemeteries, you go down the street, you meet people who have this wisdom. And I do believe that those people are only exist for that moment in time. And you just have to engage too. But in going in that way, when the portal opens, my go back to where I was born my, and my mom died when I was four days old. So oh, wow. yeah, I, we talked a lot during this time, my mom and I, during when I was in the womb, I heard sounds, you know, I, I, I felt every emotion that I could find in the womb too. I've never been a parent, but I know that a mother would give her life for her child. 
And I believe that's what she gave me her energy so I could survive and I could move on to the world. I believe myself that's what I was born into, this portal and this, these emotions of, you know, of everything that you could imagine at four days and living, <laughs> living through it all with you find joy, happiness, sadness, grief, anger, everything that you could imagine happening in those four days because, you know, you're, I'm born, everybody's happy, right? And then something right. happens and, and it takes a turn, right? So when I go to Oaxaca, even, even uh, this year I'm not going there because I, I left my job, so I don't have <laughs> that much more money right now. So, mm. but the portal will open soon. And what that means is that last year I was getting a, um, some body work done with the, now I understand she's a curandera, right? And she was doing some energy work. At the end, she said, you know, she said, Ruben, are you ready for the portal to open? And I said, yes, I am. I'm ready to see my ancestors. And that's when I feel what's all around me. My family, my, you know, my, I'd never met my grandparents. So I feel everybody's around me at that time. So, and I don't know how to explain that feeling. It's just a very, uh, a very warm feeling. And so soon the, the portal will open again. And that part right now of nature, and I think that it goes for, with a lot of different, I would say, cultures too. They just do them differently. It's almost like this time of year is a time when, you know, some people will say that the veil is very thin between this. Yes the living and the dead. And something about the autumn in the Northern Hemisphere, isn't it? And I feel like that's also the attraction, I suspect, that you and I have towards Taoism, that kind of yin and yang. Um, yes. That this moment of great sadness with your mother's passing was also a moment of joy because you were brought into this world. I see that really in, in the work you do, where you're exploring. It's almost like a the dualidad, right? That, that duality between life and death, joy and sorrow. And it's something that's also really present in tarot, and I think that's what draws me to it. During my early 20s, I had to turn to a different philosophy, and I think maybe even earlier than that, just because things weren't going in the right direction or something like that. You know, somewhere I had to find a, an anchor somewhere in the midst of all this chaos when you grow up. My dad was not a, well, he was, you know, he was abusive. So with all that emotion and all this stuff going up, you always have to look for something else that's not around you. And I think, you know, Taoism and Tignahan was one of a, another one that I, I have read the same book <laughs> since then too. <laughs> the book was Being Peace. I still keep it with me, and because it's something I, I try to set myself every morning to do that intention and manifesting a good life too, and trying to be nice to people, to wake up every day and smile, mm. and you know say to yourself, I have twenty four brand new hours. I did it through all my depression, and I, I came through it. It was fascinating to listen to your definition of the portal, Ruben. And it reminded me of a of a story that a friend who's also a tarot reader that goes by Tarot Doula. We were talking about that even before you are born, you can feel things, but there are no words for that yet. Throughout your life, things always kind of circle back around to that. And thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing with us I'm curious if there have been moments that were a resounding signal from your mother about your art practice and the changes that have happened in your life in the past few years. So during those four days that happened, my mom that raised me, Concha, came into my life and grabbed me. So she was my angel, right? She was my second mother. As we go, we talk about vibrations and sounds. And I used to do a lot of weird experimental noise stuff. So one time I gave her a tape and you know, she said, "What? this is just a bunch of noise. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, and I didn't realize at that moment in time why I was doing it because these are the noises, these are the sounds and the vibrations that I heard when I was in the womb, so to speak. 
Mm-hmm. My mom, birth mother, I feel she's always made to me all the time, and that that duality of her energy is in is in me too. So a lot of the sensitivity, the creative, is she comes out that way, and that's how I became an artist. Actually, is I, I went back to Mexico to find my roots. I, I had one aunt left, and that was my my mom's aunt, my mom's sister. I'm sorry. So I went down there, but I knew that if I touched the ground, if I smelled the smells, I would be able to feel the vibrations of my past. And I just took a whole bunch of pictures and found out stories that I never knew about my mom, which she was a creative in her own. She made dolls and for the soldiers and she made, you know, all this, all this stuff that, you know, I realized that that is part of me. A lot of this stuff that I do is part of that creation of the, of the female energy that, that she bestowed into me too. I feel that even in looking at visual art or listening to sound compositions and experimental music, if you listen and expansively, as one of my mentors always reminds me to do, listen and read expansively. Sometimes, you know, we're so prone to looking for familiar things, but that's not actually where we should be looking or listening. And Ruben, as we transition into the reading, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about this moment that you are in your life right now. The season is about transitions and change. And so curious if you could talk about where you are in your, your career, the transition you made recently, I guess from your previous line of work into now, and the question you're hoping to explore in our conversation today with the tarot cards. Well, it was last month, I think. Yeah. When I, my first year anniversary of leaving and I left because I had a hundred people underneath me. It was at a restaurant. I've had an emotional breakdown before. I realized during this time, you know, and I'm also kind of a perfectionist and an artist as far as I don't write things down. So my, my mind and was becoming very full. I feel that during the pandemic, I became more empathic. I was getting everybody's energy and trying to help everybody. And I couldn't help everybody, all everybody. So I started not sleeping. My thoughts started racing. And I realized that it was a choice. It was either me or the job. And I loved my boss. You know, he's a friend, mentor. And I had to do that for myself. Luckily for me, (laughs) I remember the word surrender. And I've had to surrender before, but this time at least I have an experience from before that I didn't go over that edge or suffer another breakdown. So I was able to do that. I created an NFT piece of this piece called Surrender, and I and that's when NFTs were getting. So I was getting into that too at that moment. So I created this piece that was just very cosmic, and I had to let go and lick my wounds, and I left to Oaxaca for a month to get my mind straight. And every day I would wake up and listen to the sounds all around me from the city. Over there, you have like chickens and everything out there. All these beautiful little sounds that were feeding my soul back into it. Like I said, all these sounds and vibrations and closing my eyes and the wind was feeding my Mexican soul, I should say, and into my heart. And then all through my veins and my blood, you know, coming back. The second part of the of the journey begins with having to be an artist and having to survive off nothing really and trying to figure that out and manifest different revenues to get along. So I had a first show. I was listening to Oprah and Michael Bethwick for about a month straight to get yes. myself to manifest these things. And it and it actually it actually manifest some sales even before I opened it up because I went on, on live and, and, and just was speaking about it. I do believe that we do have the power to move forward and create as as an artist. That's all the choice I had too was, you know, was to create a new reality for myself 
and that was the artist reality. I talked to my mother. I talked to all everybody. You know, I'm like, okay, everybody, let's go. Sometimes I don't sleep because I'm like, where am I going to make money at? Where is this going to happen? Mm-hmm. And once again, I close my eyes and I and I manifest forward. I can leave seeds everywhere else that I can. You know, it's like almost like a networking hustle <laughs> that you have right. to go out and, and so yeah. When I had money, I could create all kinds of artwork. Now that I don't, I have to be intentional about my artwork. And I don't give it away as much anymore because I have to sell it. <laughs> so I have right. to be hungry for that too. Yeah. So the reading we'll do today um, will be a three-card spread. We're using this the Rider Wade Smith deck, which is one of the more popular tarot decks in the world. It's designed by an, an artist, Pamela Coleman Smith, whose own work and whose own kind of journey has also explored notions of death and transience and change and philosophy. The particular spread we're using is um, is one designed by Five and Nine's uh, Directors of Magic. That's Dorothy here and and Xiaowei, one of our team members. And it's a three-card spread, seed, root, and garden. The seed is what's been planted. It's what's been seeded during this time. The root is what's growing, what is taking root. And then the garden is what are the conditions for that root to grow, to flower, to blossom. So for the seed, I'm drawing one card right now. I have the two of swords. We see a feminine figure sitting with her back to the ocean, the open ocean, where there is a dark night sky, there's a crescent moon, and the figure is holding up two swords. Um, Imagine crossing your arms um, over your chest and placing a sword in each hand. Imagine the weight that that would carry. Um, The figure is blindfolded, looks a little serious. In the background is in the water, in the dark sky, or what look like islands in the distance. What comes up for me when I see this in terms of what's seated is a moment of mystery, um, a moment of tension. What you've talked about is that, that tension of where are you going to make your income? At the same time, how are you going to make your art? It is actual crossroads. Um, the swords are at a crossroads. And the swords stand for the intellect, the mind, really the, the kind of mental explorations that you're doing right now. Um, it's a moment of reflection but also a moment of not quite knowing what is ahead. The figure being blindfolded and with their back towards the water um, is uncertain of what's next. In some ways, the figure is also in a period of meditation, a period of sitting, reflecting, and standing there. Yeah, you know, it was funny if you bring up the part of meditation, right? And closing your eyes, because I feel like I need to do a little more of that throughout the Mm -hmm. day, right? Is to close my eyes and, and visualize what I need to accomplish or visualize what I need to create too. It kind of reminds me of I'm ready to take that blindfold off. Right. 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 And behind me is is the power of the ocean and power of yes, it is the coming and going and you know, but the sounds of the ocean really, you know, really get me going to. Hmm. Even like I said, growing up in an abusive childhood that you get told so many things that you're not and right. you, you never get told what you could be or could become. It's taken me this long in my life to realize that what I am is what I'm going to make myself. And I have to use everything that I've gone through in my life to, to make that happen. And I'm trying to make it happen now. I'm, I'm 56. So it's been a long time for this coming. One thing I am proud of is that I stay true and true to my to be an artist all the way through, no matter what happened. And now I'm, I'm here now for this for this journey with these swords. 
So maybe let's take a look at the root. I'm going to draw another card here. So the root is what's growing. And the way we lay out the spread is that the seed is at the bottom, the root is next. It's vertically, so it's kind of the second in the tier. And so the root is the Four of Pentacles. The Four of Pentacles is a masculine figure. It's an individual who is wearing a crown and has four pentacles or coins around them. One is on their head, two are beneath their feet. There's one that they're holding close to their chest. Behind is a cityscape, maybe a townscape, but little skyscrapers, and the figure is sitting kind of in a point of hugging or holding um, the coin, and you really have this sense of these, these coins being very present. The sky is a little gray, maybe midday or a cloudy day. And this is the root. This is what's growing out of this, this two of swords moment that's been seated. Immediately what I see is this dialogue between the swords and the coins. As you're talking, Ruben, about your concerns about income or about revenue streams, about thinking differently about your art now, that it's, uh, it is a source of income for you, not just a, a creative practice. The four of pentacles often comes up when someone is feeling tight around money and around income, around stability. This is a card that um, just shows that, that money is an important part of the story right now. Even in this time of fermentation is a kind of quest towards stability, as you said, towards earth. The coin represents some kind of earth elements. What stability can look like, and that's what's being rooted right now, is an exploration of the different different ways that you're going to sustain yourself, whatever that looks like for you. I think sometimes my optimism gets to me too, but <laughs> I'm seeing the the turnaround. Yes. Right? Even when it gets stressful, sometimes, I mean, now, you know, I don't even sleep that well. So I just wake up and create art now, you know, I'm like, okay, well, yeah. it's four in the morning. I can either sit here and run my thoughts through, or, you know, it's almost like my thoughts have become my buddies. So I'm not in Oaxaca, I'm here in Sacramento right now. So I had to find a way to grow while I'm here in a different art form, in a different way, and also like I said, in different, you know, uh, sustaining myself too. One of the, the worst parts of not having money to spend is not being able to help people. Right. That weighs down on me because I'm not going to Mexico. That means that I'm not going to be able to walk around, you know, in the middle of the night and or not, well, you know, late at night and give people money, the ones that need it the most. So I won't be doing that. And that kind of, for me, that it's not about making money. It's about being able to help myself so I can help other people too. So, and that's been the hardest part of everything too, is not being able to help as much as I can, if that makes sense. You know, it, it makes me smile because it makes me the card looking at, okay, Ruben, this is it. You know, you're, the foundation is the coin now, right? That's right. And I just got some new shoes. So, that's right. yes. Yeah. And what I just heard from you is that in this space of sightness, in this space of you kind of exploring, trying to figure out your stability right now. There's a lot of yeah. compassion that's driving that, a lot of desire to give, a lot of desire to give back. And there's also maybe an invitation because when I'm thinking about the fact that you were supporting 100 people, how many years was that? On and off for 20 years, wow. you know. That, I, I mean, I was a manager for like six years. So. Is there an opportunity now or is it an invitation to be caring for yourself first, paying attention to what you need? what you yeah. need to explore, what you need for that grounding, those emotions, the traumas. It feels to me like there's an opportunity there um, to, to be with that for now, to be okay yeah. with that. Thank you, because sometimes you know, it feels selfish. I think a lot of what you two have shared between the two cards is very indicative of, Ruben, what you are going through in your kind of the next chapter, this newer version of 
the life that you're stepping into. Sometimes with the two of swords, it's also about making a decision between difficult choices. Sometimes it's not an easy choice because you're thinking about not just livelihood, but what will be best for your overall creative practice. And it's also not about rightness or wrongness. I think as we age and we mature, we realize that sometimes the wisest decision is not in, in the immediate sense, you know, some people might perceive it as that's not the right decision. It's not about that. It's the wisest decision for the long run. And I think leading into the four of pentacles or four of coins, it's also about the balance because I think the shadow side of the four of pentacles is, you know, you see someone grasping or holding, but when they are grasping, you're also simultaneously withholding. So what, you know, being mindful as you, as you enter this new phase of how you're going to balance out, you know, your desire to be generous with also taking care of yourself. Because I think in many ways, Black, Brown, Indigenous folks are it's almost as if capitalism conditions us to be always in service to another person and as opposed to being in service to yourself. Sometimes I have to go, okay, Ruben, you have to think about yourself. <laughs> this, yes. time, this week is for you, right? That's right. And it's like, then I feel selfish. So, and I have a wonderful partner who has supported me through all this times. And I w- won't lie and say it's it's been hard, right? It's been scary at times. Hmm. And at Unfortunately, no matter how much support you have, emotional support, you're alone with your thoughts in the middle of the night. It's awesome to see this too, because it kind of validates a lot, you know, of things for the future and and the present right now. So I thank all of you. I think for the garden... Typically, we'll draw one card, but I feel like there's such a crossroads right now, such a rich place for exploration for you. I kind of want to draw two cards. It's just kind of what's coming up for me. And so I'll draw these two cards. Hmm. First one is the Queen of Pentacles. Oh, and the second one is the Queen of Swords. Two queens, two very powerful queens. I think my favorite queens in the spreads. Pentacles and Swords. This is the theme, I think, of, of your reading. So describe the Queen of Pentacles. The Queen of Pentacles is um, obviously a feminine figure sitting in a throne, in a, a very ornate throne. It looks like a wooden throne, a lot of carvings in it. She's wearing red. She has a, a golden crown, and around her is it's like a wild garden blooming around her. It's encircling her in the throne. It's down on the ground, and behind her is mountains of richness. She carries the pentacle and looks at it um, with a kind of serious gaze. But it's, it's just one pentacle sitting on her lap. The Queen of Swords is, again, another feminine figure who has a golden crown and is sitting on what looks like a stone throne, ornate as well, carved out. She's holding a sword upright on the armrest of the throne and with her left hand is gesturing outward, either with a sign of welcome or a greeting. Behind her are gray clouds rising from the ground. There's a bird in the blue sky and there are trees, barren trees that seem to be blowing in the wind. Both of these figures have what look like fairly serious faces. And in the tarot, the queen often represents as, you know, as in playing cards, this is the royalty. This is a mastery of these suits, these elements. In one is a sword. It goes back to the two of swords that we drew. Here, the queen of swords suggests a kind of internal mastery of what is the sword about. The sword is about the mind, working with the mind, working with the traumas, the difficulties in our lives. And the pentacles 
again, your root card is about earth, grounding, career, life, the way we function in the world, the way we interact with the world, the way we do things in the world, the way we make money. And so here the queen represents again an internalization, a mastery, an internal mastery of the essence of the suit. And so I see an invitation from the seed to the root and now to the garden. You have two queens, two invitations to mastery at the internal level. One is to be working directly with your traumas, with your mind. It's work you're already doing, sitting there, meditating, being present. And it's almost like there's a transition from the crossroads of the Two of Swords to the openness of the Queen of Swords, someone who is confident, who has made a decision about the sword they'll carry, and is also inviting and opening to what is coming next, whatever those difficulties are, because they've done that work. And then secondly, it's the Queen of Pentacles, thinking about that transition from the Four of Pentacles, the person who is right now working through it, struggling, concerned, but there's an invitation and what is coming for you as you do this work, as you find that stability, is a mastery, again, is being able to sit with the pinnacle, to look at it, to admire it, to be there, and to know, to allow things to grow. That generosity, that care that you bring to your work and to your life, it has that potential, that garden will grow. The more you pay attention, the more you work towards the, towards the things that you're trying to do for your sustainability and for your income. And it suggests to me that the work you're doing is exactly the right work to be doing. I've never really been like a a money person person, you know, but I am you know, worried about sustaining things in my own way. If when I do pray, I know in my heart what I would do too, right? I know the compassion I have in my heart for people and everything that I would help as much as I could. But it is curious to me that the two queens are in there because they would also represent my two mothers, my mom, my birth mother, and my mother Concha, who raised me and also passed away too. Also those energies of, of learning from women, men, so that's a whole different story. But to me, the feminine and the earth and nature is coming to fruition. It's coming mm. in its own way in the vibrations and the colors for my art, so to speak, or my art life, whatever the journey is coming. Such a powerful message from yeah, your two mothers. And the Queen of Pentacles is, is a different one. It's like, Ruben's going to happen, but she's giving me that look of like, <laughs> It's almost like holding a child, yes, right? Yes. And it's almost like she's holding me like, okay, you know, just be patient. Yeah. yeah. Just continue on <laughs> continue on your on your path. And we talk about justice and activations and, you know, for me, bringing nature into this world, into this art world is my way of bringing a smile and a beauty to more of the urban, you know, so people can see it. And, and I'm hoping that they see the energy and the vibrations and the colors of the artwork and it makes them smile. You know, it makes their mind a little bit more peaceful because we're in a strange, strange time right now. You know, the, the Queen of Pentacles, all the, all the colors and the art in it reminds me of your work. Yeah. Yeah. Such a visual explosion of color and peace. I transitioned into yellows now. So because oh, right? my, my, one of my teachers has taught me about yellow. So wow. <laughs> used to, you know, you have, you have, you have your favorite colors. They, you know, used to be blue and red and right. now it's, you know, changed. I mean, I just noticed that a lot. So, well, yellow is also the color of creativity. It's often associated with creativity. For example, when you are painting a room in a house and oftentimes if someone asks you, well, what, what do you want to do in this room? Yellow is often suggested as one of not just vibrancy, but of activation of, yeah. you know, creative spirits. And I feel the fact that 
the, the spread itself doesn't have the cups and doesn't have wands. It's almost as if the universe and your mothers are saying, oh, you have the passion and emotion covered, but maybe the guidance that you need is exactly what mothers and parents oftentimes do for their children. It's just like, does this job have benefits? But who will pay for this? <laughs> like that's that's such a very, I mean, at least I, I grew up in a Filipino yeah. immigrant family and that's such a reality. And I feel that the cards, especially Anna's kind of sensation of we got to pick two of them. It was so indicative of what needed to come through and able to communicate that not only is everything going to be okay, but it is a mindfulness of what you said, Ruben, earlier, that you got to take care of you in order for you to be able to take care of community. And I think you're learning that so much, not just about your own creative kind of spirit and what needs to happen, but how you will make this life sustainable for you. So Ruben, just to, to close, I actually lined up the Four of Pentacles, the figure, next to the Queen of Pentacles. And I placed the Two of Swords next to the Queen of Swords. And it's such a powerful pairing. I, I think of these two queens as both your mother's guiding you, but yeah. also the direction you're moving towards. At some point, things will click, and there'll be a lot yeah. of beauty, a lot of ease. You'll be more comfortable in that power, more confident in there. And so what I see in this reading is, like Dorothy was saying, what you've been saying, is a beautiful evolution, a beautiful period of growth for you. It won't be without its struggles, won't be without its hardships, but this is what you're being called to focus on and master right now. And I thank you for that too. I really do because it, it kind of solidifies certain things. You know, when you have things in your head and you, only you know it <laughs> and the cards bring them to this physical plane too from the spiritual. It's very interesting to me, the cards that came out too. Well, I love it. So thank you very much. Hi everyone. This is Anna Mina, producer at 5 and 9. We're coming to the close of season two, a season focused on transition and change, and we have just one episode left. We hope the conversations this season have supported you during a time of tremendous change in the world, and in turn, we'd love to ask for your support. As so many of us try to figure out our own relationships to work, Five and Nine is trying to fill in a gap. We're connecting the conversation around work with the magic that's within all of us while keeping at the forefront the economic justice that everyone deserves. Our team is queer and BIPOC-led, and we try to bring rich, intersecting perspectives into our conversations. We've heard from so many of you that this show has moved you in different ways, and we're grateful for that. We're transitioning soon into our paid programming, which will include how-tos, journaling prompts, tarot exercises, and other resources, and we might even host an online class. If you've enjoyed 5 and 9, if you've learned something along the way, we invite you to support us in three ways. One, you can become a paid member at This Is 5 and 9. Com. It's just $6 per month, and it gives you access to our paid programming. Your generous support helps cover our costs, which include honoraria for our guest speakers, software subscriptions, and, of course, our time. Two, you can recommend the show to others. Do you know anyone who you think might enjoy this podcast? Send them a link. Ask them to tune in. You can send them snippets of our shows on Instagram at 5 and 9 underscore podcast. And three, you can leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Reviews help bring visibility and credibility to indie podcasts like ours and help people know what to expect when tuning in. This podcast will always be free and we hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. All our episodes contain selections of music in the public domain and that were recorded during the time of the creation of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, the deck we used in this episode. The background music for our closing is Ain't We Got Fun, a foxtrot composed by Richard Whiting and performed by the Benson Orchestra of Chicago in 1921. Stay tuned for our final episode of Season 2. Our creative director and director of magic, Xiaowei Wang, will be back. The episode comes out with a full moon later this month. 
We know these are challenging and sometimes frightening times. Remember to take a moment to breathe deeply, drink plenty of water, and find space for joy wherever and whenever you can.